David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the parking lot of the Lord. To the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is what you make it. And I tell you what, as I look out as a pastor, I know that we all have different comfort levels. And we respect all different comfort levels. Some are very confident. Some are very cautious. And, and my heart rejoices today in seeing some that we haven't seen in a while because we're offering this parking lot service. And, and that's why we're doing this, because you are valued, because we are better together. Listen, if you want one of these shirts, you can go into the cafe. They're free of charge. If you want a better together shirt, here's the problem. I only have small, medium, large, and triple XL. The extra larges, the double XLs, and the one XL, uh, they're coming this week. So if you want to wait a week, if you want to wait, fine. But if you can use one of those sizes, go in. The only thing I ask is if you take a shirt, make sure you wear it. Just don't take a shirt because it's free. If you take a shirt, make sure you wear it because on the back you can advertise freeholdag.com. Pastor Matt and Rebecca are on vacation. And uh, just a few announcements before we share the Word of God. In two weeks, on September 20th, we're going to kick off our life groups. And there is a life group catalog that after the service, if you want to visit the hospitality tent, or if they haven't given you one yet, uh, you can see them. The life group catalog, it gives all the different life groups that are going to take place starting September 20th, the kickoff. And some group will be in person, some will be on Zoom, some will be hybrid, some will be on Zoom, and you meet. So there's something for everyone. There's even a walk and talk group that Pastor Bonnie's going to be doing. So uh, as you look through, then you can just sign up. This is the start of life groups. We, we anticipate that we will get more as we move on. But this is, uh, we did soft launch a couple, but this will be the start. We were going to start this last spring, but because of covid we had to postpone it till September. So if you want to know and sign up for a life group, uh, please do so. As bon Pastor Bonnie prayed, she prayed for Ann Myram. I was able to visit Ann on Friday, actually Thursday night, and she's, she's in congestive heart failure. There's basically nothing they can do at this point medically. If God can do a miracle, and God can do miracles, so be it. But at this point, she's just, I'm just asking God to be merciful. She lost her husband this past April. And she's just, uh, as Barbara Matthews, I think I saw Barbara. Barbara, you can testify right there. Anne is just laying, and when I saw her, she just, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. She's really laboring hard breathing. And, and in my prayer, it's, Lord, either do a miracle or God, have your mercy upon her at this time. So just remember her in your prayers. Next Sunday at 4 o'clock, we're going to be down at Avon for a baptismal service. And uh, I do know that if you have never been baptized, if you were baptized as an infant, I was baptized as an infant, but that wasn't my choice. Then as a teenager, when I be came a follower of Jesus Christ and he received Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, 
I realized I needed to be obedient in baptism. Even though I was baptized as a child, that was my parents' choice as a baby. As an adult who gave his heart to Jesus Christ, I wanted to be obedient and follow in water baptism in immersion to identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we're going to be down at Avon. In fact, I know there's one in the Fletcher household who's going to be baptized. And I'll tell you what, if it's just that one that's going to be baptized, we all need to be there to support that one. So that will be next uh, Sunday. We'll be out in the parking lot again at 8.30 and at 10.30. And then down at Avon, uh, that's the south end by Ocean Ave and Washington Ave, right there by the drawbridge. They have a nice little area down there. And uh, we are looking forward to that. The one thing I need to check on is I know some beaches are extending their, uh, their passes. And we did 4 o'clock because we thought we wouldn't need a pass. So uh, I will check with Avon to see. We may have to move back to 4.30 so we don't have to pay to get on the beach. But uh, we'll, keep you postponed. Uh, we'll keep you informed with that next week. I believe that's all the announcements. Over the next few weeks... We're going to explore the power of relationships. And that's why we are starting this series, Better Together, because I believe we are better together. If you have your little insert, I thought what we could do this morning is we could read Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 together. And can we read it real loud so all our neighbors hear as well? <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. And if you want to change your position and stand for the reading of God's word, that's fine. If you're in your cars, you want to stay in your cars, that's fine. But uh, let's read it together. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Father, I ask that the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips will be found pleasing and acceptable unto you. Lord, may we realize today through your word that we are truly better together. In your name we pray. Amen. As I read this passage of scripture and thought of a theme better together for these next few weeks, the first thing that I took note of is uh, Solomon who writes these words of wisdom that he's basically saying it's not good to be a loner. Now he's not saying that you can't be a loner because there are some people who just don't like to be around people. But what he's saying is that it's not wise to be alone. And why does he say that? He says because two are better than one because two are more productive than one. You can get more work done 
if there's two versus one. Secondly, he says that you can be a help to one another. Hey, if you fall down, thank God someone's with you to help you up. I'm telling you what, six years ago when I had my bicycle accident, I am so glad I was not alone. I could have been laying on that path for hours before someone came by. But thank God there was one with me. Third, okay, I know what you're thinking here. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. And if there's any couples here, don't get any ideas. It's talking about comfort. And aren't you glad for the time when you needed comfort, someone came and gave you comfort that you were not alone? And fourth, it talks about support. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And even though they may be overcome, what Solomon is saying, three is even better. Do you know that there is one out there who is seeking to overpower us? There is an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And let me tell you something. For that reason alone, we need to be better together for, to stand up against the onslaughts of our enemy. What am I saying? I say all this because we need one another. We are truly better together. I started full-time ministry in 1982. That's hard to believe. And as I look over those years of ministries, I, I, I look back and I thought that every fourth year, it's a difficult year to minister. What am I saying? Every four years, I am now on my 10th presidential election. Do you know we'll be voting, or some of you may have voted already, but we're going to be voting in 59 days, 59 days to our election. And what always happens around this time of the year, I see it all the time, man, we can divide ourselves real quick with our opinions, with our beliefs, with our stories, and before you know it, instead of better, being better together, instead of pulling together when this nation is in a crisis, we pull ourselves apart. On top of that, upon an election year, all of a sudden, there's COVID. There's racial tension. I have to honestly say, in my 38 years of ministry now, I have never pastored a more difficult time than we are in right now with everybody's different opinions and beliefs and thoughts and stories. You know, we all give different statistics. We all have different stories to prove our point. And what we do is that old man, that old human nature within us, we elevate ourselves. And instead of pulling together we separate ourselves. We try to make ourselves superior. We try to make ourselves supreme. We try to make ourselves righteous and right. And before you know it, we criticize, we condemn, and we put down all those 
who do not believe the same way that we do. And what we call, and what we do is, instead of pulling together, we pull apart and we cause a great divide. One that I believe was never meant to be. Yes, we need to be respectful on one another. Yes, we can have our own opinions. But I'll tell you what, as far as sitting down and having a meaning dialogue with people today, it just seems like it's impossible because everybody has to prove that they're right and everybody else is wrong. Well, do you know there was a man by the name of Paul? Anybody ever know a man by the name of Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament? Paul, in his letters to churches, it's, it's kind of interesting when you, when you read the writings of Paul, nothing is new under the sun. They were facing the same difficulties back then. People who thought they were better than one another. And he was addressing churches concerning this difficulty, concerning this problem. And, and it was about four weeks ago, I pulled out a book that I haven't read in two years. I try to read it every year. It's a book by Andrew Murray. I would highly recommend it. It's entitled Humility. And a lot of my thoughts have come from the reading, the rereading of this book. I, I'm on it for the sixth time now. We did it as a staff devotional as well. Andrew Murray's book on humility. If you want a challenging read, I would say it's one of my top ten books. That's a must read. What we notice in my favorite book of the New Testament, the book of Philippians, Paul addresses some problems that they were having. People who thought they were better than one another, like in the church at Corinth. And there in the second chapter of Philippians, not only is Philippians my favorite New Testament book, my favorite chapter in Philippians is chapter 2. And upon rereading the book Humility, I have focused on Philippians chapter 2 over the past few weeks. Let me read it to you. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It's right here. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you should ask yourself, what is it therefore? If you read the verses before that in chapter 1, the end, it talks about how the Philippians were suffering just like Paul was suffering. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people suffering today in this world. Therefore, since we all have our problems, since we all have our difficulties, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, Paul says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset, mindset of Christ Jesus, who, in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the Christ cross. William Penn, if you turn your sheets over, you have a little fill in there. William said, Penn said, to be like Christ is to be a Christian. And to be a Christian is to become like Christ. How many has ever heard of Henry uh, Hudson Taylor before, missionary to China? Hudson Taylor, back in the 1800s, was one of the first missionaries into China. And, and he was such a positive force that they wanted to do a story on him. And this company hired this individual to follow Hudson Taylor around to get everything about him, but also to get the dirt on him, you know, to, to find something controversial about him. The person they hired to follow Hudson Taylor after three months of walking in the shoes of Hudson Taylor, he became a Christian. And as I read that story and as I thought about that story, I thought about my own life. If someone followed me, if someone followed you for three months, would they want to give their heart to Jesus Christ in the life that you have modeled? To be like Christ is to be a Christian. And to be a Christian is to become like Christ. And in this passage, instead of elevating yourself and putting others down, Paul says and reminds us that we need to have the mindset of Christ. And Christ saw all as one in his relationships. How do we do that? Number one, right here in verses one through five, Paul says, we are to have a concern for others. If you have a little pen, you want to write concern for others. Now, how do we have concerns for others? Well, right there in verse three, First, it says, value others above yourself. We are to have concern for others. How are we to care for one another? Well, we're to value others above ourselves. And, and this is what I thought of. I want to make this very personal for me. A week ago, I wrote in my journal, what's a practical way for me to value others above myself? I've read it, but now I need to apply it. And what I've noticed in my life is mornings when I go get my coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, it's early in the morning, I have an agenda, I want to get to work, and I've noticed that I was just downright rude at times. I'd get in the parking lot, I'd rush to the door, someone was behind me, I'd make sure I open the door so I could get in first so I don't have to wait for them, that would delay me another three minutes. Do you know what I'm saying? And I got convicted. Over this past week, I get to the parking lot, and if there's someone from me to Brenda, 
I'll just wait at the door and I'll hold it open for them. And I'll let them go in. And I can't tell you this past week how many times different people say, thank you, here, go ahead of me. I said, no, I held the door for you to be first. Value others. How else do I value others? I want to show appreciation. You know, Paul was one who showed so much appreciation for people. You know, even though they had their faults, they had their problems. As you read the letters of Paul, he was always seeing the potential in people and not the negative. And you know what, my friends, if, if we want to care for others, we want to value others, we need to see the potential instead of judging and criticizing. How else can I value others? By being on time for appointments. I used to be neurotic about being on time, and I've noticed that I've gotten a little laxed. And I said, you know, as I've gotten relaxed, what I'm doing is I'm saying to that person that I'm supposed to meet at a certain time, my time is more valuable than your time. Come on, haven't you tried to meet someone sometime and someone was like 10, 15, 20 minutes late in seeing you? And what did that say to you? It says that they just didn't really care. So in my own life, in valuing others above myself, holding the door, letting others go first, making sure I'm on time, showing appreciation. Value others. Be concerned about the interest of others. Be concerned. How are we concerned in the interest of others? Let me tell you, the first thing that we can do in being interested is listen. We need to listen to one another. We don't have meaningful conversations anymore because we're too busy defending our position, defending what we believe, trying to win the argument. Do you know there's sometimes when all you need to do is just be silent and not even argue your position? Where do I get that from? You ever read about the life of Christ? There were times Christ was right. Christ was in the right position. But you know what? There were many times when he just remained silent. I don't know what it is about us today, but we always have to prove we're right. Where sometimes we just need to listen and respect. There was this little village and these two men were having this terrible disagreement to the point where it was dividing the community and this two men just said, you know, we need to talk to the town sage. So this one man made an appointment to talk to the town sage that night and he was giving and expressing his opinion and what, what took place and the town sage said these words, you are absolutely right. The next night, the other man went and gave his side of the story, gave his perspective of what took place. And after he was done, the town sage looked at him and said, you are absolutely right. 
the sage's wife overheard those two stories. She came to him and he says, I can't, she comes to him and she says, I can't believe how you heard those two men give different opinions and you told them that they were both absolutely right. That's not right. And he looked at her and said, you're absolutely right. Serve others like Christ. Value others. Be concerned about the interest of others. Serve others like Christ. How did Christ serve? Albert Schweitzer, a great theologian, doctor, philosopher, said this, The purpose of human life is to serve and to show compassion and the will to help others. Remember when the disciples were having a dispute who was the greatest among them? And what were the words of Jesus? What were the words of Jesus? In order to become great, you have to become the least. For I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. D.L. Moody said, The measure of a man is not my how many servants he has, but by how many men he serve. You know what I've noticed? Some of the happiest people in the world are those who serve. Some of the happiest people are those who serve. Two weeks ago we went to Frankie Fed's on a Saturday night for pizza and Heather and I are sitting there and all of a sudden, this waitress comes up. She goes, Heather and Jeff. And I look at her. And I'm like, hmm, I know you from somewheres, but I can't just place you. And then it clicked. She used to be a waitress at the diner. And then she doubled shift at another restaurant that Heather and I would go to. And she always knew us as Heather and Jeff because she went to school with, with Pastor Bonnie. And Three years ago, she moved down to Florida. Off the grid, hadn't seen her. Three years later, she comes back, and she still knows our name. She remembers us with a smile. I said, what brings you back to Jersey? She said, well, I was in a relationship down in Florida, and it just didn't work out, but I'm glad to be home now. And I'm glad to see you guys. Some of the happiest people are those who serve. Every morning, Mike, man, he makes me my egg and cheese wrap. This morning, I got my coffee. I got my egg and cheese wrap. Mike hands it to me. He says, hey, pastor, make sure you have a good Labor Day tomorrow. Some of the happiest people are those who serve. You know what psychiatrists and psychologists tell us? That if you're depressed, one of the best things you can do is help somebody else. Because helping somebody else brings you out of your depression. Let me move on. Concern for others in our relationship. To be like Christ, we need to have concern for others. How do we have concern for others? By value others above yourself, by being concerned about their own interests, and serve others like Christ. Secondly, genuine humility. Genuine humility. It says in our scripture verse that he made himself nothing. 
in the King James, it says that he made himself of no reputation. Can you imagine making yourself of no reputation? He made himself nothing. We read in John chapter 12, that when Jesus had the last supper with his disciples, he girded himself with a towel and he took the position of a lonely servant, the lowest servant. And he went around and he started to wash the feet of his disciples. When he finished washing their feet, do you remember what he said to the disciples? Come on. Go. And do likewise. Go and do likewise. Andrew Murray, in his book, Humility, says these words. Pride is the lost of humility. Pride is the lost of humility. Pride is the root of of all sin and evil. Pride has broken up music groups. Pride has split churches. Pride has caused ministries to fall. When asked what were the three most important Christian virtues, Augustine replied, are you ready? What are the three most important Christian virtues? Values, virtues. Augustine replied, humility, humility, humility. In the close of his book, Humility, Andrew Murray says this, do you know what the secret of blessedness is? Do you know what the secret of blessedness is? The desire to be nothing that allows God to be his all in all. What is the secret of blessedness? The desire to be nothing so that God can be his all in all. A genuine humility in our relationships. And last, a commitment to obey. A commitment to obey. Two weeks ago, I talked about, if you love me, you will obey me. And under this point, I just have one story. A commitment to obey. I read this story this week of an elderly lady who was crippled with arthritis. And she would come to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night with a walker. And her arthritis was just so debilitating that you could just see the agony and the pain in her face week after week. 
And people would think, man, if it took so much for her just to even walk down the aisle and to sit in that pew, how much effort did it take to get up, get cleaned, get bathed, get dressed, get her breakfast, get in the car of the one who would pick her up to bring her, and to get to church? One of the congregant said to her one Sunday, I admire your faithfulness. I admire that you're here at every service. And she asked this question to her, how do you manage to be here all the time? You know what this elderly lady said? She says, my heart gets there first. And then my legs follow. My heart gets there first. And then my legs follow. Upon hearing that story, I often thought about the obedience of Christ to die on the cross. He looked towards Jerusalem. He knew what laid ahead for him. He knew the agonizing death. He was going to die for us on the cross. And I often thought to myself, how could he know what he was going to face? How could he do it? Obedience. But you know what I believe after hearing that woman? His heart was there first. His heart led him to the cross his love for you and me led him to the cross and his body just followed. Because he realized we're better together. I trust that in the next 59 days that we'll take time to value others. If you're a Republican, I trust that you would value a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, I true that, trust that you would value a Republican. <laughs> it's funny how everybody thinks, well, we're all one here. <laughs> no, we're not, man. We all have our different beliefs. We all have our different values. We all have our different opinions. But instead of pulling apart, we need to pull together because we are better together and I trust there who blew that God bless Audrey <laughs> man that was perfect timing Audrey I trust that we will not allow the enemy who is in this world to divide us as a church, as a body, as a country, as a nation. Because we are better together. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the life of Paul and the wisdom in so many of his letters that he writes to churches that were divided, to churches that were 
thinking they were better than one another. We see it in the church of Corinth. We see the problems between two women there in Philippi. And Lord, we're living in a day and age where we elevate ourselves above others. And then we, and we start to criticize and condemn and judge. And Lord, I, I know that is not what you would desire. So Lord, in our relationships with one another, may we have the same mindset that we would truly be concerned for one another. We would value. We would listen. We would serve. I pray that there would be a humility about us. Father, I pray that we would just be obedient to the model that you gave us, that you lived out before us. Father, thank you for people like Dot who have just been sitting in the parking lot for the past four, three months, just not being able to see, but just to hear. Thank you that she's able to be with us and to enjoy our very presence here out here on the platform for others who have not been able to be able to come inside but Lord have been able to be a part of this parking lot service we value them we thank you for them because Lord we are better together thank you for those who maybe are sitting in a hot car thinking oh I wish I was in an air-conditioned building today but Lord we look around and see that we are with those whom some we haven't been with before and we are better together and Lord, over these next few weeks, as we explore the power of relationship, help us to realize that we are better together. And Lord, as we sit at your table and we partake of these elements, Lord, may we remember those words that you said to your disciples after you washed their feet. Go, do Likewise, if there's anyone here who hasn't been served the elements, would you just either beep your horn or wave your hand or let us know somehow everybody's been served the elements? Over here in the back, you need, you guys got, everybody's been served? It's real simple. You peel the first layer off, the cellophane, the purple. Make sure you don't peel the foil off first because you'll get the juice and you'll spill it all over. But if you peel the cellophane layer off first, and take that wafer and hold it in your hand for a moment because that represents the body of Christ. When he was with his disciples that night, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he says, this bread represents my body. Take, eat in remembrance of me. And if you just peel back the foil, we hold the cup 
the cup that Jesus says represents a new covenant, the cup that represents his blood for the shedding and the forgiving of our sins. Knowing what laid ahead, how was it even humanly possible for him to endure the cross? His heart went first. His heart of obedience, his heart of love went first, and his body followed. There he said amongst the disciples, this cup represents a new covenant. Drink ye all of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you take this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim my death until what? I come again. Pastor Bonnie, would you close us? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. If you're in need of a life group catalog, you can come visit the hospitality tent. If you came ready to give on your way out, the hospitality teams will have buckets where you can drop your offering. Thank you for your faithful giving during this time. And the last announcement would be this very special announcement. In March, we were to have our annual business meeting, but because of COVID, we had to postpone it and postpone it and postpone it. Now we are at the point, September 23rd, a Wednesday night, our annual business meeting. I know that there are some who are still not comfortable to come inside, but we need at least a half of our membership to be here in order to have our elections. If, if you are a member and you're able to come, would you call the church office this week and just say, as a member, I will be coming. Because what we want to do is make sure we have at least 75 people 
to come to our annual business meeting. If we do not have 75, then we'll just have to postpone it again. We don't want just 30 people to come and have to postpone it that night. So if you're a member and you're able to come on the 23rd and you feel comfortable about coming, just um, give the office a call. And for those uh, who are not comfortable with going inside, we're going to try to have an outside speaker so you'll be able to hear and be able to vote as well. So if you're comfortable with that, please just let us know. God bless you. Thank you.